With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky, and he's the one that uh, takes our mind and expands it on what the heck is going on up uh, in the uh, skies. Uh, Steve, uh, Sunday morning, what's going on? First of all, we had a tragedy a few really? days ago uh, with the rocket blowing up. Uh, any uh, gut feeling what happened? Well, first of all, good morning, John. On this Sunday morning, Thursday's launch, which even Elon Musk said, and he put this out, the press reported it, that they don't want to expect or they couldn't expect perfection on this. These are test launches. But what happened is we found out 9.28 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Thursday, this big almost 400-foot stack rocket, this giant booster rocket using, get a load of this, folks, 33 Raptor engines, pushed this rocket up past the launch pad. It got up to about 127,000 feet. And then something went wrong. And the something might be, John, that some of those Raptor engines, allegedly we're hearing about five of the 33 may not have worked properly. So the obvious problem is the separation of Starship from the booster. It made it up to that height. And then obviously it was a disconnect effort. So the whole rocket, as you can see it in the videos, maybe people watched it, you see the thing starting to spiral around. But what's really interesting, John, is let's talk about where space begins. This is a question that many people may not know. It's called the Kármán line. And officially, it's 62.14 miles above the Earth, translating to some 328,000, you know, some odd feet and change. So this rocket never actually made it there. But just to go from the surface of the Earth to cross the Kármán line, it only takes, with a proper rocket, two and a half minutes and to get to orbit, it takes eight and a half minutes. So this is a test flight. You see a lot of the people at SpaceX cheering. And people may be wondering, well, why would you spend $3 billion on a big fireball? They're claiming it's a, it's a success. excuse me. And we have a long way to go, they're saying, to perfect this. It's, it's an interesting kind of a dichotomy there, don't you think? Well, I, I'll tell you, $3 billion is a lot of money. Even sure. if you were insured... Uh, I'm sure the insurance company will put it into the cost of your insurance for the next three or four flights. Absolutely. And another thing that he needs, that's Elon Musk and SpaceX, they need a new FAA license. They got one, and it was a long process, and that's a long story. But to make it short, there's 17, 75 compliance items that SpaceX has to have down there in Boca Chica for Starbase. They have to have, like, a biologist on staff. They have to have ways that they can prove that it will not affect the environment, shrapnel issues, and get a load of this. They can't launch on holidays, and they want to make sure that the beaches, they don't take away from the tourism down there. But overall, John, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Being a space fan like yourself and following this all the time, I gather overall their goal was to get the big baby off the launch pad and at least to move it up with these Raptor engines. So this was the most powerful rocket launch to date of any rocket, allegedly between, some say, 12 to 16 million pounds of thrust, and the Apollo Saturn V, which is still a great rocket, had 7.5 million pounds of thrust. It's open season on uh, what people might think about, you know, pro or con, but Elon Musk seems to be well-tempered, and uh, he made that statement. You know, this is a test flight. Uh, and uh, through my... Uh mind and my education, I think there's got to be an easier way to, to take uh, equipment into space. Uh, there is, I remember John, me there and you is. talked about uh, anti-gravity, and um, at what point does the government release that? You know, John, just the other day, I don't have all the details. I'll investigate that for the audience here on the Cats Roundtable. 
But they had a very big grilling in Congress on what these UAPs really are. And I don't know if we'll ever get the right answer, but most of that technology that's probably out there, you're right. It's either otherworldly or somehow we've developed this anti-gravity type technology. But that's something. But you've got to give credit to SpaceX. With this particular rocket, the Starship and the booster, you can actually lift 165 tons into orbit. But that's another story as we talk about. But, John, in conclusion, if you're saying... Hey, that's fossil fuel uh, efficient. <laughs> It'll save a lot of fossil fuel. Absolutely, my friend. But we always talk, John, about the mystery of the week. And this goes to the realm of aviation, another area that, of course, you have a lot of expertise in. But the strangest one this week, we can think about it. It's almost 10 years about what really happened to Malaysia Airlines flight MH370. And that's still out there. And some of the theories were that the captain, I mean, this goes maybe to the bazaar, but who knows, that he locked the co-pilot out of the cockpit, depressurized the cabin, thus forcing the uh, you know, passengers on board to you know, die a slow death from no oxygen, while he was on a special oxygen system that he had, turned off all the electronics on this particular aircraft. And one of the strangest theories of all is that that aircraft was carrying from Kuala Lumpur to its destination of Beijing, China, so many lithium-ion batteries. Some even speculate, I don't know how accurate it is, that the fire could have started in the cargo hold. But that's so conspiratorial, the whole thing. And they only found, they say, 33 pieces of that aircraft, they think, and only three were positively identified is coming to Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. I wonder what your thoughts are, knowing your background in aviation. Well, if it's true they had those lithium-ion batteries, we're finding out more and more that those uh, batteries are uh, a uh, serious, serious item. And uh, uh, at some point, and you heard it first, yeah. uh, they're not going to allow you to put it in, into a garage in your home because exactly. if that car blows up, it's going to take down your whole house, and nobody could put out the fire. And that's strange, John. And again, not to attack Tesla or any of the electric companies, but we had a Tesla for a while, and we sold it, not because we didn't like the car. But the reality is, when you find out on some of these vehicles that the battery pack replacement is an extremely expensive deal, obviously, in this particular case, as we follow the things that you're talking about in the you know, oil and gas industry, Obviously, not to change subjects, but I think you obviously are the leader of this. We need to drill. We need to give ourselves more of that fossil fuel because the whole transfer, you know, we should, it should be a choice, obviously, that individuals want to get an electric car and not a mandate from the government. But I know that's a little out of the realm of what we normally talk about here on uh, the Sunday morning to open well, people's minds up. It's all science. Uh, but uh, Absolutely. Uh, anything else, uh Yes, I wanted to always give the Live Sky report, and that's what people can actually see. So hopefully we're opening up their minds. Now we can open up their eyes. If you look to the skies as we move into this last portion of April, the Lyrid meteor shower continues with the dark skies. The moon's not in the way right now. Look into the northeast sky after midnight. A bright star called Vega, which is a star 25 light years away, that's the origin point of Lyrids. If you see a few, count yourself as lucky because it's one of the oldest meteor showers of all. And as we've talked in the past, John, that life from these particular objects like comets may have seeded the universe and solar systems, another interesting story. And we want to let people know that go to wabcradio.com for the next updated Dr. Sky blog, which contains all information about what you and yours can see in our beautiful May 2023 skies as we bring in the beautiful full flower moon 
in the early first week of May. Great stuff to talk about. Thank you. Steve Cates, Dr. Sky, thank you so much for expanding our minds, and we'll catch up with you again uh, next week. Thank you, John. Good to be with you and the listeners. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.